Coming up on today's Locked on Diamondbacks podcast, we got Sully Baseball to give our reaction to the World Series, who should have won World Series MVP, what it means for Dusty Baker and his legacy, and a whole much more about the fallout from this World Series, all coming to you on today's Locked on Diamondbacks podcast. You are Locked on Diamondbacks. Your daily Arizona Diamondbacks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, folks, we have ourselves officially an offseason. Hey, I'm going to check one thing here. But when you try to record these things, you can hear me fine, right? I just heard a big old buzz. I heard a Mm. big old buzz. Well, let's just say it again. We have ourselves officially an off season. We officially are starting the end when we say goodbye to baseball and goodbye to that friend that's always there for you. We're facing the winter. But let's get warm. Let's get cozy with Miller Thomas of Locked On Diamondbacks. This is a Locked On Diamondbacks, Locked On MLB crossover. Hello, baseball fans. Welcome to Locked On MLB, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. This is the daily podcast. We talk about all of Major League Baseball. I am your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. If you don't believe me, you can look right down there. That's my lower third. You call me Sully. You're not allowed to do a lower third and not have it be 100% accurate. Otherwise, Locked On will shut you down. I am an Emmy-nominated television producer i've been a comedian a writer a filmmaker all a bunch of stuff but mainly i've been a baseball podcaster for the last 10 seasons and i've completed my fourth complete season at the lockdown podcast network where it is your team every day right over there is mr bajakaloop himself that's miller thomas tell people who you are why you are and when you are yeah, Miller Thomas. You can follow me on Twitter at Creator Thomas24 for my personal account. You can follow us um, on YouTube, Locked on Dimebacks, there where all your podcasting platforms are. I started, I think, right before the 2020 pandemic season. So I think this is like my third season that I just finished up here selling. That's wild because it seems like the pandemic just started. Mm-hmm. But then it also seems like it's 40 years ago. Time and space doesn't matter anymore. You say it's three years. We've had since the pandemic, we've had the Dodgers the Braves, and the Astros win the World Series. That's that's unbelievable. And I don't yeah. feel like I've been a lockdown podcast network that long, but I've now been there for four different World Series. And my, my yeah. voice just broke. Yeah, you're getting a little high pitch there, Sully. And if you've lived in Arizona throughout the whole pandemic, it's basically like you haven't lived in the pandemic because we don't follow any rules out here in AZ. So it's been an interesting time. And so uh, it's been the way time has been the last you know couple of years. I feel like it's just been one long linear loop. Time is a flat circle. And I feel like we haven't aged at all since the 2020 season. Oh, by the way, friend of the podcast, Melissa Monto and her fantastic husband, David Monto, who uh, Melissa's been on the show. She's a rabid, rabid baseball fan from Texas. Naturally, she's a Red Sox fan. And uh, she and her husband reported live from game two of the ALCS last year when the Red Sox seemed to be able to hit grand slams at will 
in the first three games of the ALCS. She's in Arizona right now. She and her husband, oh. her amazing husband, David, are traveling the country from their town in Texas. They cut through uh, New Mexico, and they're now in Arizona. Posted a bunch of pictures. I know Melissa listens to this podcast. She's been on the podcast. So uh, have fun in the AZ and uh, honk your horn when you drive past Miller Thomas. Hey, yeah. Miller. Um, by the way, follow us at Lockdown MLB Pods on Twitter and Instagram. I'm your pal Sully. I'm at Sully Baseball on Twitter, Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram. Uh, when you were last on the show, the World Series, I think, was knotted one and one. And uh, mm. we've had a slugfest. We've had a no-hitter. We've had a thriller. And we've had a clincher since then. Uh, it's... I did a recap of the 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 clinching game six in yesterday's show, and I've talked about each game individually. Tell me your thoughts on this series. What your thoughts of where it ranked and some of the emotions you had on this roller coaster? At some point, it looked like the Phillies could get a hit whenever they want, and then one day they literally got zero. Yeah, this series basically had all you could want from your your classic playoff World Series because you had the First, the battle of the underdog versus the team that's hated by everyone, right? You have the new evil empire, the Houston Astros, move over New York Yankees. You guys got one World Series title in the last 20 years. It's the Houston Astros who are the new evil empire, and they were going against this Philadelphia Phillies team that was scrappy but knew how to put runs on the board, had two great frontline starters, and had a player in Bryce Harper who is, you know, the LeBron James of baseball, the chosen one of baseball. So you have these two really interesting competing narratives. And when we saw it play out on the field, I mean, it was as good as it got because you had that 1-1 the last time we talked. And since then, like you lamented, we had the Phillies in that game three. They just completely broke out and their offense was amazing. You're like, this Phillies offense throughout their entire postseason has probably been the best playoff offense. Meanwhile, look at the Astros offense and it probably hasn't been that great during the playoffs. It's really been their pitching and their bullpen specifically who just had the lowest bullpen ERA, I think, of all time in the playoff series. So you're like, all right, if this Phillies offense can continue to do that, I'm not sure if this Astros offense can compete with it. And then what do we see the Astros do after that? They completely bounce back with their pitching. That They have that combined no-hitter. I know you probably want to make the case for Framber Valdez being the MVP of this series. Because Absolutely. Because the for this, for this Astros squad, this whole series was phenomenal, specifically the bullpen. And in the end, I kind of made the prediction on my pod a couple of days ago where I was like, Whoever wins game five, I think, is going to win game six and win the series because you're going to have mm -hmm. Verlander versus a Noah Syndergaard, a bullpen game by the Phillies. And it was like, if the Phillies are able to win that kind of a bullpen game, then you go with Zach Wheeler in game six. I felt like Zach Wheeler would have just stepped up in that moment. And he was stepping up in game six before Rob Thompson pulled him. And, you know, we could get into the particulars of that. I know you had a whole podcast last night, which you probably lamented on that decision, but... <laughs> This Astros versus Phillies team, you had your big managerial decisions in here that you could nitpick through every game. You had clutch offenses. You had a rookie win the World Series MVP. I mean, this series had pretty much everything you could want in a playoff series, and I think it, it was one of the most exciting ones we've seen over the last few years. I thought it was a good World Series. I thought it was a good one. Um, I, I did, I'm, I'm going to 
anytime a World Series doesn't go seven, I fall short of calling it great. Okay. Um, we've had a we had a couple of class. We had three truly classic games in this. The first game, the wild come from behind victory by Philadelphia. Um, that was just that was tremendous. That was an incredible game. Obviously, you have a combined no hitter. That's got to be a memorable one. And yeah, I know people think it's sexier to have one pitcher go the distance, but I think it was apt for this team that it was a combined one because it was the depth of their pitching staff that led this, uh, you know, the, that made this happen. And, you know, for Dusty Baker, who the knock on him, obviously, over the years was his inability to handle a pitching staff. Well, now I said, what do you like? How do you like me now? I handled them during a combined no-hitter. And he got a lot of flack in game three for letting McCullers stay in for an, probably an inning too long and then bringing Urquidy in to basically finish the game out. But in the end, for the long run, that actually turned out to be – that helped out the Astros, that they were able to, to stretch McCullers a little bit they weren't going to use Urquidy any other way, so they might as well use him as a three-inning mop-up man. That was his only appearance, I think, in the entire postseason, if I'm not mistaken. And you know, not, a, not a bad only appearance, three shutout innings against the Philadelphia team that seemed to be able to score at will. But that meant in game four, everyone was rested, everyone was ready to go. And when, you know, Valdez took the no-hitter through six, he was able to go bring in the, you know, his three best relievers and mow them down. And then when you take a look at, remember how, you know, they Philadelphia was losing five, nothing in game one, they came storming back. Then they hit five home runs in game three. They scored three runs, the rest of the world series. And two of them were solo homers by Kyle Schwarber. Mm -hmm. They got one run. That wasn't a solo home run from Schwarber from the moment they hit those five home runs off of McCullers in game three until they, they flew out to Tucker to end the finale, they drove in one run that wasn't a launch from Schwaber. And that is for all the knocks over the years, you know, leaving prior in too long, not making the right pitching choice when he was with the Giants in the 0-2 World Series, not making the right choice with the Reds and the and the Nationals and blah, 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 blah. He punched every button perfectly from that point on and shut down an offense that was incredible. And, you know, I mean, I know most people were rooting for Philadelphia. I was rooting for Houston. Despite Ooh. the fact, if you read my my tweets and my response to the tweets, Twitter hater, you know, Twitter, um, Houston Astros Twitter still are calling me a massive hater and un, with an unreasonable hatred of the Astros, even though I rooted for their team to win the World Series the last two years. So obviously my hatred for the team is um, unbridled at this point. <laughs> um, I cried when I saw Dusty Baker win. I thought of my dad rooting for the Giants. But this was more than just there there have been managers who managed a world championship it in spite of themselves. Bob Brenly could not have managed the 2001 Diamondbacks worse than he did and they still wound up winning. You know, John Farrell of the Red Sox made some bizarre decisions when they won the 2013 <coughs> World Series. I'm convinced the gamblers paid off both Davey Johnson 
and John McNamara to throw the 1986 World Series because that's the only explanation for how horribly they managed that team. So you can win despite the manager. Uh, I think that they won because of the manager. He could he hit every button, pressed every button correctly, and had the impossible task of taking over a hated franchise and focused them. And look where they are. I mean, he, you know, it was a, it was a wonderful, wonderful moment. And he was behind the eight ball when he was down two nothing or two to one. We all had this image at two to one in Philadelphia. We all had images in our head of, oh my God, they're going to drop the next two games, aren't they? Philadelphia's about to win the World Series, aren't they? And then that would hang over Dusty Baker. Um, but I think it was a very good World Series. I think it was a very good World Series. Uh, certainly had a lot of thrills, and the finale had the great come from behind home run. the The one thing I knock on the finale is, you just got the sense after that home run, it was over, and certainly after Schwarber tried to bunt, what was that? Yeah, I, I don't, I, I don't, I don't understand having the best home run hitter in the National League trying to bunt and potentially his final plate appearance with already two strikes on the board. I don't get that. If you're Dusty Baker, you're now the oldest manager ever to win a World Series, and I think that's the driving narrative that people who are like big haters of the Astros are holding on to. They're like, at least Dusty Baker got his chip, and we can at least root for that because no one, uh, I mean, no one in our MOB group chat seems to be happy that the Astros won the World Series. So I think a lot of people. Are clinging on to Dusty Baker right now, um, being the oldest manager and being the good guy he is to win this World Series. Right, but the right. Phillies offense, when you look at the pitching staff by the Astros, they were 0 for their last 31 against breaking pitches against this Astros pitching staff. This Phillies offense could not stop do anything against the breaking pitch. And that was a huge um, issue for this Phillies offense. As the series wore on, they chased that pitch more and more in counts. And for Rob Thompson, I mean, it, it really was a battle of Dusty Baker versus Rob Thompson. And Dusty Baker seems to have the... Uh, seems to have gotten the advantage one because he won the World Series. And for Rob Thompson, I think the two biggest decisions you're going to go back to is in game four and game six when you pull Aaron Nola when he has those bases loaded, you bring in Jose Alvarado, he gives up those multiple runs right there. So you question whether you should have pulled Aranola. He has been struggling over his last three games. Do you right. pull him in that situation? It was a big question. And, I obviously didn't work out. And then in game six, you pull Zach Wheeler when he was dominating and kind of do the same thing. You bring in Jose Alvarado once again. And once again, Alvarado wasn't able to close the door. So I think those are going to be the two big pivot points you look back to during this series for Rob Thompson versus Dusty Baker. I didn't have a problem with him pulling in game four. It seemed like the right move. Sometimes you can make the right move and it just doesn't work. Um, Smoltz made the great point that they had seen Alvarado so many times that maybe if you were going to pull Wheeler at that point, you bring someone else in other than the person they've seen a billion times um, or just roll, keep rolling the dice with Wheeler. I, I understand it's a, it's an elimination game. You're going to, you're going to pull the trigger a little quicker than you normally would. You know, uh, Wheeler pitched really well, but they were, they were starting to get to him. And I, I, you know, my, my main criticism was maybe you should use somebody else because I'm telling you something. When you see someone that many times, it's just a just a surefire bet that you're going to see a fat pitch that you're going to hit. And, you know, I don't think the ball that uh, what's it, Alvarez hit has landed yet. 
By the way, if you're going to make any bets, go to Bet Online. Bet Online is your number one source for betting football and the start of the new basketball season. Find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news podcasts, and in depth analysis on every game. And as always, Bet Online remains your continued source for all your sports wagering information with live betting and up to minute scores for every sport out there. It's the fastest and easiest way to check in on your favorite games and events, including MMA, boxing, and golf. Do they have hockey? They must have hockey there. See your coyotes there. Head to the website hey. today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online. It's where the game starts. And hey, thanks so much for making Locked On MLB your first listen today. Make your second listen. Well, have that be Locked On Diamondbacks. Your third listen. Keep on listening. Locked On Sports today from the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports. Go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts. And insights that only Locked On can provide. Locked On today. Locked On Sports today. Get that sp- title right, Sully. Available on this app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, um, you teased me, Millard, uh, when mm. you and I were talking before we start hitting record. Uh, you know, let's uh, move on. By the way, uh, yes, you, you, I talked about this at length yesterday. Um, Jeremy Pena had an outstanding World Series. It's not like they picked, you know, uh, the Bat Boy to be the MVP. I just think that Valdez had those two key victories, one after the game where they blew 5 nothing. And the other in the clincher where he matched Wheeler inning for inning. Uh, he was dominant. And uh, to me, Valdez was the difference in the series. Pena was incredible. No getting around it. He had an unbelievable, and he just, if there's an MVP to the postseason as a whole, it's clearly Jeremy Pena. Okay. I just think Valdez needs to have, I mean, he saved the World Series with that performance he had in game two. If they lost that game and went to Philadelphia down 0-2, it was a very different World Series. Very different World Series. So anyway, um, you were telling me about the odds for you know, – we're not going to put up the uh, bet online banner again, but uh, the the odds for next year's World Series, I have not seen these. I have not seen these. So lay it on me. Okay, I'll I'll rattle out, I don't know, the top five, six or seven, just because I think they're the most interesting. So number one with 11 to two odds, we got the Dodgers coming in as favorites for next year's World Series. Obviously, the the Dodgers, they're going to make some big offseason moves. But if you just currently look at who's going into free agency for the Dodgers, it's a lot of very important players with the David Prices, the Kershaws, and, of course, Trey Turner as well. So Dodgers are going to have to resign a whole bunch of pieces this offseason. They want to reclaim that top spot. I think uh, I think Kershaw is going to return and probably retire. I think mm. he's probably going to. I think he probably has one more year left in the tank. That's um, fair. And I, I think a lot of these players they can let walk. I think Trey Turner they should really make a big effort on. Um, Correa is obviously going to be available. I have a hard time seeing him with the Dodgers. I think Trey Turner is a perfect fit for the Dodgers. And you know they let they that was the main part of that made the Max Scherzer trade for them work a couple of years ago. Uh, they, they obviously had a fantastic year. If it wasn't for that goose, they probably would have beaten San Diego 
And uh, they should probably, you know, look at, there are going to be a lot of big time free agents. They need to sign this off season. They should sign the goose. Sign the goose. Well, number two on this list, we got the Houston Astros. Fun fact, I was yeah. reading this on the ESPN article. I believe since 2017, the Astros are averaging 98, 98 wins per season since 2017. The only team with a better win, you know, average per season than that is the Dodgers, who are averaging, I think, 106 wins per game since 2017 over the last six years. So those two teams are the top two in our World Series odds. Let's just Athletes focus on let's focus on 2020 and beyond for the Astros, just to make this a less tense filled, uh, you know, let's, let's talk about them building a dynasty with maybe three straight world series and forget Hmm. some of the stuff that happened before there, because uh, it makes things complicated. Um, I think the thing working the most in the favor of the Astros is the fact that this pitching staff, you know, I'm going to assume Verlander is going to come back. I I don't see why, why would he leave? You know, the Astros are going to pay him well. You know, he has a legit World Series ring. And the rest of the pitching staff takes the pressure off of him. Valdez is the ace of the staff. Whether or not Verlander gets the Cy Young or not. You know, Urquidy, Christian Javier, they have so many, you know, they have, what's the name of the young kid they had who uh, uh, was just absolutely throwing smoke? I don't think he, uh, he didn't actually, he didn't pitch in the World Series. Um, God, what the hell was his name? Ontario. Um, was Someone it? Else. I oh, said Rafael Montero, but he's not young. He's thirty-two. No, I'm talking about the the young kid, Hunter Brown. Okay. Hunter Brown, and you know, he, he pitched in the playoffs. He didn't pitch in the World Series, but you know he's a he's going to be a stud. You know, and so that's why the Astros are, you know, they they have such a great pitching staff that, and they and they can hit well enough. Uh, you know, I think this is going to be, uh, I think it's going to be a good solid bet. And if you're going to make a bet, oh, wait, we already did that. Yeah. And for the Astros, when you just look at their pending free agents, not too many guys who are like super, you know, needle well, movers. Verlander. Verlander. Verlander but he, but I think he's coming back. And he, I think he has a 20, I'm looking at his spot track. It looks like he's a $25 million player option for this upcoming season. Oh, so I wonder if he'll pick that up. Yeah, I wonder if the 40-year-old pitcher is going to pick that up. Outside of that, I don't think you're really too worried. You got Trey Mancini as a potential free agent, Michael Brantley, Christian Vasquez, our you know Red Sox fan favorite. He's going to be a free agent, but there's still going to be their core in place. Jordan, Kyle Tucker, Jose Altuve, yeah, they, their rotation. They're going to be okay. They're going to be. Fine. They're 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 heads and shoulders. The best best bet for next year. And their front office is just by far them and the Dodgers. I mean, their ability to scout talent, and figure out. Yeah, they're smart. They're smart. Yeah, I think number three on this list is where we start having a little fun, Sully, because this team did kind of disappoint in the playoffs. And you could say that for a lot of top dogs that, you know, got knocked out early in the postseason. By checking in at number three on the World Series odds is the Atlanta Braves. Oh, yeah. 17 to two. And yeah, they deserve oh, to be up there. But I just thought yeah. it was kind of fun at number three. Oh, absolutely. I mean, remember, this is a team that played like 800 ball down the stretch. I mean, they, they stubbed their toe against Philadelphia. But uh, yeah, this was this was a wonderful team that got off to a mediocre start and then just blitzed the rest of the way. So uh, yeah, I, that's again, I have zero problems with the top three. 
Yeah, the question for Atlanta is this offseason, their big pending free agent is going to be Dansby, Dansby Swanson. And for Swanson, I think he's a really nice player, borderline all-star. But I think he's the kind of player that can cripple the kind of money you're going to spend on him. Because if he's looking for that 25, 20 to 25 million a year, I think that's a little bit too expensive for a guy of his talents. If you're giving him maybe 10 to 15, I think I'm a little bit more comfortable with that. So I'm, I'm really curious to see what kind of bag Dansby Swanson gets. Because I feel like he can be on that albatross kind of contract where maybe you think he's better than what his numbers show just because he's so good defensively but i think offensively he's got the kind of bat that you don't want long term that's it for this edition of the lockdown dimebacks podcast come back tomorrow for more dimebacks news coverage and insight we'll continue looking at the updated world series odds for next season and seeing who is too high and who's not high enough on the list Thank you to Sully Baseball for hopping on today. Thank you for making Lockdown Diamondbacks your first listen every day. And as always, stay safe, stay healthy. Deuces.